Hello, welcome to the Film Obsessed Couple. I'm Shelly. And I'm Scott. If you are a new listener here, we really appreciate you choosing us to listen to. And we also appreciate our longtime listeners. Scott and I are a married couple obsessed about movies. Scott is more analytical, while I'm a little bit more open-minded. We are unscripted and unfiltered, which means shit may hit the fan. Yes. And just a reminder to rate and review. Give us five stars on iTunes. And if you leave a shout out to us, we will give a shout out to you. Exactly. Yeah. Tit for tat. Is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how about you buckle up because we've got We've got a rough one today. Yes, we were talking earlier just about this, how this is maybe not going to be a very long episode, probably. Yeah, no. Short and sweet, I think. Otherwise, we're going to have, if it's longer, like if you are starting this and you're like, oh, it's like an hour, that's because we had a shit ton of squirrel moments. Yeah. And you're going to find out a lot about us that you probably don't even want to (laughs) know. So, we're talking (laughs) about munchies today, and... There's really nothing here. I mean, have you seen Gremlins? Do you want the dollar store vi- version of Gremlins? I love Gremlins. It's amazing. Little gizmo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know that meme where it's like, oh, when you ask your mom for this and your mom says we have it at home and it looks like something less, like, cheaper? Oh, yeah. There's a meme going around where people do that and put different things in. But it could be like, when I ask for Gremlins and my mom says we have Gremlins at home and <laughs> it's this. <laughs> Munchies. Yeah. <laughs> the knockoff version. It, it really is. And, you know, I was like, maybe there'll be some funny trivia about how this movie got made. Because this was produced by Roger Corman, who made a bunch of movies in his own right, like kind of low budget movies. And he had a bunch of people that he like kind of mentored. Joe Dante, the director of Gremlins, being one of them. Mm. James Cameron. Um, I don't know how much he mentored him, but he worked with James Cameron, who directed Avatar and Titanic. Right. Um, so, you know, Roger Corman was just kind of known for these low-budget kind of like B-movies. And some of the people that he used to work with that were younger, you know, kind of went on to fame and fortune. So I was like, well, maybe there's got to be a story behind this of like Joe Dante directed Gremlins. And he's like, I would love to direct like a, a totally wacky, like crazy Gremlins type movie and... I mean, the the IMDb trivia about this movie is nothing but the people that were in this, that were in Gremlins, or went on to star in Gremlins 2, or the Gremlins shout-outs in this movie. Oh, so it's all about Gremlins. <laughs> yeah, because there are shout-outs. Like, someone's reading a newspaper with Gremlins on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, it's oh, and uh, there's a car later in the movie that says, oh, Gizmo, for its license plate. Right, that's the stoner guy's car so yeah i was just like okay so gremlins came out was a huge success somebody just wanted to make a movie based on it but no roger corman was involved like he and joe dante know each other wow i'm surprised joe dante was like yeah sure go ahead do you think that they thought this would be more of a comedic kind of i think they would have to because it's there's no way not at all like gremlins is like a funny horror movie Mm. and this is just like completely slapstick stupid this is so stupid (laughs) i don't even know about the slapstick it's just but i was also thinking man if we were in the 80s late 80s watching this movie without knowing all the technology that we have Mm. would you like it no oh (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm sorry i'm sorry i didn't let you finish go ahead ask your question again (laughs) Would you like no, it? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> all right, that because, answers that. Because Gremlins came out in 1984, and this came out in 1987, so we would have already have seen Gremlins. True. We could have, we would have seen like what could have been done. We're like, wow, look at those puppets. Look at the animation that they did for them. Okay. I mean, you see this movie, and it's super cheap. It is. I would have expected this movie to be some on Mystery Science Theater in the early 90s. Yeah. Um, speaking of rip-off movies that is kind of so bad it's good, there is a Gremlins-type movie that Mystery Science Theater did called Hobgoblins that was awful. And it's so funny to watch that and then make fun of it. I don't think if we just watched it straight we would have liked it, but it's funny to watch them make fun of oh, it. Oh, yeah. They're, they're great. 
I love that. So how does this all start out? Well, we're in, we're I don't know if we're at Machu Picchu, but we're in some ancient Aztec-type temple with Harvey Corman slumming it in this movie. And there's a couple of other people that, you know, I, I know and have recognized, but a lot of other people know there's not really anybody else in here that I've seen or know before. In fact, Paul's girlfriend, who I just kept putting GF in my notes because I don't think they said her name very much. Is it Cindy? Yeah, Cindy. Oh, well, I do know it. But she this is her last movie. I don't think she went on to do anything else. Poor girl. Yeah. But we're in this Aztec temple, and Harvey Corman and his son Paul are... It's Simon and Paul, and they're in this Aztec temple trying to find evidence of aliens because Simon is like a super alien fanatic. Okay. He's like one of those people that believes that aliens exist. And... You know, wouldn't they know? Wouldn't you know what they find this little thing? It's it's tiny. It's like a action figure. Well, because it technically really is, I imagine. But you can't, you don't see it for the longest time. Mm-mm. But it's like running, and they capture it. And you know, Harvey Corman finds this like green goo that doesn't come back until the very last scene of the movie. True. Takes a sample of it, and they leave. I think they knew how bad the puppet was, and they're like, we got to keep it covered up as long as we can. Oh, for sure. Because you, even when they bring it to the U.S., you don't even see it. So it's got moment. a little hood on and like a little coat. I don't know what to call it. Yeah. Hood of coat. <laughs> hood of coat. <laughs> hood of coat. <laughs> yeah. And you don't, yeah, you definitely don't see it because I was like, I think I put that in my notes or I'm just like, oh, yeah, this thing sucks. And I don't know why you would want to bring this thing because Gizmo. Is adorable. Yeah. He hums, he sings, he says words every now and again. Um, furry? This thing is not furry. It's got like, it's it's got like rat hair. It's like an, a mix between an alligator and a rat. Yeah. Because it's got the long snout like an alligator. Mm-hmm. But the body is just, I don't know, the hands are more rat-like. Well, except it's got like three, three fingers. Mm-hmm. That have claws, three or four, I can't remember. Well, yeah, because, I mean, you know, we're skipping a little bit here, but we go to the U.S., and, like, they're hanging out at their house, and Paul, the kid, and, and Cindy, his girlfriend, are, like, feeding it, and they're like, oh, he's so cute, and he, they, he's been in this bag the whole time, and they don't take him out. <laughs> and I was like... Yeah, how do you know he's so cute? I don't know. I was like, oh, well, this shows you they didn't think that this puppet looked good, because he's just hidden in this bag, and they're like, what are you doing down there? Oh, hello there. And that's how we get the name of this movie, because they're feeding him, and she's like, oh, he's got the munchies. Yeah, it, but when they feed him, he's like these razor-sharp teeth open up, and they put food in. They're like, oh, he is adorable. That is just so cute. Look at those razor-sharp teeth. That's <laughs> adorable. He could totally rip my finger off. And his stringy 80s wrestling hair that he's got going on Ugh. here. And, and he doesn't really talk very much. I mean... A little bit. When they have the puppet talk, it's almost like you can barely hear it. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes it says some funny things, but then you're like, wait, did I hear that right? I know. And Gizmo had an adorable voice, was voiced by Howie Mandel, who was the bald-headed guy from America's Got Talent. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, And there was an interesting way that the gremlins reproduced, like... You know, they get wet, mm. they they make more, and if you feed them after midnight, they're going to turn into these green little monsters. But first, they're going to, like, cocoon into these eggs, and the eggs are going to gestate and then pop open, and then you've got yourself, like, a scaly, gross-looking-ass gremlin. Right. These, you cut them in half, and there's just another puppet. <laughs> but, you know, even the gremlins, I know they were kind of weird-looking. They mm-hmm. were still kind of neat-looking. Yeah, each of them were a little different. Exactly. And there, some of them... I think there was one that had, like, two different colored eyes. I think, but I think in the... Well, I think there's two. There's one in the first and one in the second to show that they're kind of the leader, but they've got, like, little mohawks. Yes. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you, you differentiate, but this is, like, you cut one in half... And then the other half somehow grows the same clothes that the other one's wearing. Exactly. The clothes don't make sense. He's wearing like a little robe. And one of the things in Gremlins that actually, you know, is good is that they each have their own personality. 
like, mm-hmm. well, hang on, is they're funny. Like, you know, there's the scene in the first Gremlins where the mean old lady who tries, who's trying to kill the dog opens her door and they're like caroling and they've got like little clothes on and stuff. Yeah. You know, there's funny moments with them. But this is like, the the dialogue for these when they do split into others is is terrible. It's just like people doing bad impersonations of other people. Mm-hmm. When, you know, there's one that's like, hey, man, what we gonna do, man? And you're just like, <laughs> okay. How do you even know how to talk like that? I know. Like, where did you learn how to speak English? Because Arnold, as they're calling, you know, him, the the main one, you know, doesn't uh, doesn't really know how to speak English very well. No, he had a few words, and then I, I'm guessing he picked up the rest from TV, which was also kind of, that That was kind of a funny thing in yeah. this movie. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, we could just go on and on about how better the Gremlins did it, but this just, again, just kind of comes off as so cheap compared to what you've already seen. Yeah, but like I was saying with the TV, Cindy and Paul is watching it, and all we see is Harvey Corman. Yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and get into it. So Harvey Corman, we said he's playing a double role in this movie. He's in, he plays Simon, the Paul's dad, which he's only in at the beginning for a bit and the end. Mm. But he's also playing Simon's evil twin brother, Cecil, <laughs> who has got a bad black wig and he's dressed like a cowboy. Kind of like a, um, I don't know how would you re- how would you describe his clothes? They're just like very southern. Yeah, is I don't know. It's just they're like super black and pastels and KFC looking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it looks like the Colonel kind of. <laughs> but Cecil is an evil is an evil brother to Simon in the fact that he has like a bunch of like food chains and he makes food products for russian astronauts beef jerky yeah and but we find out later that he is just using toxic waste to make it yeah gross i'm surprised people haven't been like sick or dying but that would be kind of weird to put that in the show yeah or no. the movie. so we were watching some clips from the carol burnett show before we started this just so i could show you how good harvey corman really is <laughs> yeah and, you know, I mean, you get Harvey Corman in a movie like this, and I know it's probably like, well, Harvey Corman's incredibly funny. Let him just go. Like, he's going to be playing a few different characters. He's going to be doing a ton of different commercials in here. Like, just let him riff. And I, it doesn't work. Mm-mm. No, unfortunately. it's. I thought he did okay, but it just, you have to have that supporting you know, cast members to really kind of... Yeah, like play off of. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing of the story is is that they bring Arnold, the creature, home. Cecil has their house bugged, I guess, for whatever reason. Because they're, like, talking about this creature they brought back from wherever. And Cecil has, like, a reel-to-reel tape, and he's listening in on them. So he decides, I'm going to steal that thing so I can make money off of it. Yeah, he wanted to buy their house, like their property or something. Which that doesn't make any sense. They don't bring it up anymore. But there is something about like, okay, Simon, other Harvey Corman, and this is a funny moment where they meet Cecil and Simon, Mm. and it's bad split screen and like over the shoulder camera shots because it's the same person. But he's like, you said when you came back, I could buy your property and you're back and I want to buy your property. And he's like, well, you know, give me another day or so and. And that's it. It doesn't come back as to why he wants the property. Like, what was he going to do with it? Uh, yeah. Don't know. Um, so the whole thing is like Simon character, Harvey Corman, is like, look, I'm going to go talk to this professor at this college to see what we can find out about this creature, Arnold. You need to stay here and watch him. And Paul's like, oh, this is horseshit. I don't want to watch him. And he's like, I bet, listen, if you can stay here and watch him for the night, I will let you to go to L.A. and be a comedian. Yeah, because he mentioned that straight up, that he wanted to be a comedian, and Harvey's like, oh, give it up. Yeah, but he's like, if you don't watch him, or if something goes wrong, 
then you have to stay here and go to community college. Oh, the worst. So that kind of sets up the whole like, oh, things are going to go wrong overnight. Yeah, he's going to community college. We know that. Yeah. Which is not bad. Which he should because he's not a funny guy. No, he's not funny at all. I did not like him. No, he's not great. I mean, he he does some tricks and stuff later in the movie to like the the other cop, uh, Ed Junior, I guess Eddie they call him. Yeah. And he's all like, "Oh, Ed, I'm we're Cindy's dad is in the CIA and we're on a secret mission and you've got to help us." And Ed Junior's like, "Yes, I will. You got it, sir." Like, what are we in kindergarten right now? I have no idea. Like, what the hell? Well, Ed is supposed to be, like, not very smart. He pulls him over at the beginning of the movie, and he's he's, and he's all like, Oh, if, that, if your girlfriend wasn't so pretty, I would have maced her in the face. Uh, yeah. I think he kind of reminded me of, like, uh, Dewey. <laughs> yeah, from Scary Movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, introducing another character into this movie is Harvey Corman's stepson, Dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, Dude is his name. He's just a classic stoner. Mm. He's wearing a Grateful Dead t-shirt. All he wants to do is listen to his music, which it does make me laugh because he's listening to Grateful Dead, but all he does is listen to one song, Truckin'. The several times we see him listening to his album, he's singing the same song. He's like your mom. (laughs) Yeah, we were just talking about this last night. She listened (laughs) to the same Roy Orbison song over and over until she said her head hurt. (laughs) But he's just like, Truckin'. Yeah, trucking. Because I bet they were like, well, people aren't going to, I don't know, just in case people don't understand who the Grateful Dead is, let's have them sing one of their most important, their famous songs. It's like my favorite part in trucking is where it goes like, trucking, boom, boom. (laughs) Some backstory is my mom loved the Roy Orbison song just because of the timpani drums in there. It's like, anything you want, boom, boom. Oh, I love that part. I've got to listen to it over and over and over. For some reason. And I was like, oh, you like drums? Because she's mentioned other songs, the drum parts that she's mm-hmm. liked. And I was like, here's a Tool song with Danny Carey in it. And it's amazing. It blew your freaking mind. And she's like, nah, no, nah, <laughs> I, I kind of, I just like the timpani where they go, bum, bum. <laughs> I was like. Short and sweet. Yeah. I was like, do you like the opening to Law and Order? Bum, bum. Probably. Yeah. She's like, oh, I love Law and Order, the song. I've never watched the show. <laughs> She just turns it off. Dun, 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 dun. Turns it off after that. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> but Harvey Corman's Cecil, evil Cecil character, uh, Simon is pretty much out of the movie here, hires his son, stepson, dude. He threatens him. He's like beating the shit out of him. He's like smacking him in the face yeah. and kicking him in the dick. It's very, very abusive. Yeah. He threatens him because he's like, oh, we got to go over there and we got to we gotta get whatever the hell that creature is. And... Spoiler alert, they do. Mm-hmm. Because Paul and his girlfriend are in like a marathon sex session with toys. Like not the toys that you would think, but actual like ray guns. Because there's a scene where he like pops up under the covers and he's got like a little ray gun. And he's like, pew, pew, pew. They also have like a plastic blow up hammer, I think. Right, they're like hitting each other with it. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? I'm like, hmm, never tried that before. <laughs> Man, the 80s were weird. (laughs) Maybe they got something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to kink shame. Everybody's got their thing. So, I mean, yeah, they they kidnapped. They kidnap Arnold and bring him over to their house, like, right across the street. And they destroy their kitchen. Well, Arnold's, like, throwing shit from the cabinet to the floor. It's kind of funny. He's just like, fuck this, fuck this, fuck this. Yeah, it reminds me of the time when peanut butter used to be in a glass jar. Yes. Because he threw peanut butter and it just like broke. And I'm like, oh, I remember those days. Yeah, you can still get jelly in glass jars because they Mm. do sell them at Walmart, I know. Yeah, they do. And the thing that we should also talk about with Harvey Corman and Cecil, we've mentioned it a little bit, but he has so many commercials in this movie. Oh, so many. Where he just cuts from whatever's going on to him like, Weird commercials of him promoting restaurants and his food. Which, again, you were just like, Harvey Corman's one of the funniest people in the world at this point. He's going to make that amazing. And you watch it now, and you're just like, this is strange. Yeah, this is, it, it was just very odd. Like, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I get it later. It's about the toxic waste, but I, don't, I still don't understand all the commercials. I know. It, 
yeah, I don't know. It does. It doesn't make sense. Um, there is a funny line here. When Harvey Corman and his son Dude are grabbing Arnold downstairs, they the kids upstairs that are having weird ass sex, are they hear him, and Cindy is like, "Did you hear a noise there?" And Paul's like, "Oh, that's probably Arnold getting food from the fridge." What? I'm like, how does he know where the fridge is? How does he know where the food is? You just brought him home. He's been in a duffel bag this whole time. And before that, he was in like a little cave. Yeah. How? how, how wow. That was, that's crazy. Which we can't really like, I guess, fault it too much. This movie is trying to be dumb. It, well, it nailed it. And it is. It, it very much is. Nailed it. Cecil leaves for some reason and leaves dude alone with Arnold at their house. And... There's a funny scene where the dude, not the dude, not Big Lebowski, but dude is like looking at Arnold and Arnold is sitting on like the hole of the side of a pool table because you know like that's how the hand of the puppeteer can get to him and move him. Yeah. It's like this thing's just sitting on the, the corner pocket of this pool table. It looks awful. Yeah. Very unnatural. Like why would a creature want to just sit in a pocket? I, I don't know. It was, yeah, it was, it just looked. You could just tell. Yeah. But they get into a fight. Like, Arnold grows, like, longer claws and teeth, and they start fighting. Dude smacks the shit out of him with a pool cue. Arnold's, like, slicing him up, and then dude gets a gun and shoots Arnold, and, and I'm, he's, like, shoots him point blank, and I was like, holy shit, we're doing something here. Yeah. And just a side note, this kitchen. I'm glad you said it, yeah is beyond anything I've ever seen. Yeah, we want to talk about pastel colors. My God, it's like pastel pinks and yellows and blues. All of them, all the colors. It's like a jelly bean uh, kitchen. Each (laughs) cabinet was a different color. Yeah, that's a great, yeah, jelly bean kitchen is a great description. So dude cuts this thing in half. And and I was like, oh, we're doing something. Okay, cool. How about that? We've got Mm -hmm. some violence in here. And... This other puppet just grows the same as Arnold, and he's got the same, like we said, the same robe, the same hair. Where did he get that robe? Doesn't he go three? Isn't there three different ones? Oh, I think you're right. Okay, yeah. I don't know how it's three when he was just cutting two pieces. I don't know. Yeah. They compared him to a worm. You know, you cut a worm and it kind of regrows. That's true, yeah. They're like, oh, scientifically, worm, you know, it's other half. And you're like, yeah, sure. Sure, man. Don't try to explain this to me. Yeah, it's still stupid. This is where they get voices. Because you got the one, and IMDb says one is doing a Cheech Marin impression. So I'm not being, not trying to be racist here. No. But he's like, hey, man, how's it going, man? And you got the other one that's like... um. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, man. They're like, you know, they've got their own personalities, kind of, I guess. Yeah. And that they're bad stereotypes. But we don't get to really interact with them much to get to know each one of them. Right. Not at all. Like, it's just cuts here and there and them doing stupid shit. Yeah. Uh, this kind of caught me by surprise because, you know, dude... He's he's like, I've killed this fucking thing. I'm going to turn my back on it and go back and listen to my music. Again, what song is he going to choose but Truckin'? Yeah, he's got to keep Truckin'. It's like, Truckin'! Yeah. One of these munchies, and munchies is a terrible name. Yeah, it is. But one of these munchies comes up and turns his stereo all the way up, and I guess that must kill him. It did. Because he's dead later. He He did... He did die. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how or if that would even be possible. I don't know. Well, sure, you can rupture your eardrum. Yeah. But I don't think it would like explode your brain or anything like that. I I don't think so. Well, so the munchies get in dude's car and it says, oh, gizmo and. Uh, Cindy and Paul have realized that Arnold's gone in their home, so they go out to find him, and they see there's some grab-ass here where the munchies mm. are, like, shooting at him with a gun, and they do not react like they are being shot at. They're just like, oh, these things. How oh, are there more? I know them so well. They're not going to shoot at me. Yeah, they're, like, laughing as these things are firing a gun at them. But the munchies... The munchies... <laughs> The munchies, they get in dude's car and drive off. And this starts like a 
10 minute long thing of them like riding doing a joy ride in this car and messing other people yeah and you should know like the cover for this movie is a little munchie that doesn't look anything like these munchies no looking up a girl's dress which never happens in this movie Mm -mm. but they are sexually attracted to attracted to women yeah because cindy even did like a little dance to distract them oh god i forgot about that to try to to get paul to get them but he's an idiot so he didn't i fucking hell i forgot about that yeah she they're shooting at him and they're hiding behind a car in the driveway and paul sneaks around and puts like a trash can over them Mm -hmm. But, but before you're right cindy does like a little sexy dance and they're like Hey, mama! Like, woo! I, I want my gown. Exactly. Come over here. I'll give you my one incher. <laughs> Half incher. I don't know. They're pretty small. Maybe a quarter. Uh, Paul puts the trash can over them, and they're like, "Woo! That was close!" And they, one of them, shoots the trash can off with the gun that they've got. Yeah, and Paul is distracted because you know they're supposed to be like fucking nymphomaniacs or whatever and he's like you yeah. never dance like that for me oh god I, yeah I, I must have blocked that from my memory of how bad it was yeah it was it was not great so th- then you know they steal the car and i'm not really sure how they're driving because it's like one's controlling the steering wheel but like no one's watching where they're going yeah they can't see they, they have i don't even know there's yeah. no way no you've got some in the back like kind of just chilling and then others are like working the pedals and the wheel mm. They get into this, I mean, we'll, we'll go through it real quick. They get into this thing with bikers. They run bikers off the road into the water. They get into this kind of like chicken race with this old woman. Oh, yeah, the poor old lady. Well, I mean, like, yeah. They shot at her. Yeah, well, they're trying to run her off the road, and then the, the old lady, like, turns around and starts to play chicken with him until she freaks out and drives off the road. And then she gets out like, you sons of bitches, and they shoot at her, yeah. She's like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> Yeah, this is where there's a lot of back and forth, and it it it's, gets it, it's Repetitive. supposed to, yeah it's supposed to be like a fun kind of thing. I felt yeah, but yeah, you're right. It's totally repetitive, and I got bored. Yeah. Oh God! By the end of this movie, I think it's only like an hour and a half. By the end, I was like, this feels like two and a half. It, yeah, it did. The third thing they run into is an ice cream shop with Robert Picardo, who mm-hmm. was in Gremlins Two. And Wendy Shaw, who does the voice of Francine on American Dad. Yeah, that was... And her voice didn't sound like the same, though. Yeah, I don't know if she talked very well. She didn't talk very much, and it was kind of lower. True. She's in The Burbs, directed by Joe Dante. So it's like... Hmm. Everybody that was already associated with Dante is in this movie somehow, or a lot of people are, because Corman wanted them to be. I just... I would love to know how this was made. Yeah, it's so weird how they have so much like in common and they're like one's great and one is trash. Yeah. I I just don't know. Maybe it was money. Maybe this one just didn't have the money behind it. Well, you sent the guy he did low budget. So he's like, How low can I go? <laughs> well, I didn't say they were <laughs> technically good. <laughs> I've seen some of those movies. They they were not great. Yeah, they run in, they're like an ice cream store, and they, you know, the munchies had already come through and fucked up this little ice cream shack, and Picardo and Wendy Shawl and the kid that they have are all wearing, like, ice cream cone hats. Yeah. Where, like, it's like, the ice cream cone is upside down, it's like the ice cream's on their head. It was kind of weird. I guess that was just kind of like their uniform. I guess. Why is this kid working there, too? Well, he's part of the family. It was, it's the 80s. You know, child labor was not a thing. (laughs) This is the family business. (laughs) One day this will all be yours, son. And one of the munchies gets that guy in the neck. Yeah, because, of course, for no no reason at all, Paul and Cindy pull up on this place. And I'm like, how did they know where they were going this way? But, and, yeah, Picardo is kind of... He he he's hamming it up in the back seat like I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> I get it was supposed to be funny. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm fine, and then oh, I'm gonna pass out. Yeah, so they drop him off at like a little hospital, and 
Paul and Cindy at this point are like, man, what are we going to do? We got to figure out how to kill these things. Let's go back and read some of my dad's studies on these things. Which it's like, how would he have studies? He just found this thing. Well, you know, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know, yeah. It's just part of the history. I guess, like, yeah, because... One thing we didn't talk about is, like, during this whole thing, we keep cutting back and forth to Cecil Harvey Corman. He has gone to pick up his wife in, like, this food truck type thing. Mm. And this takes forever. Forever. They are just talking back and forth. We keep cutting back to them. Mm. We could really have have lost this all. Yeah, and she's like this, I don't know, she's a gold digger Yeah, she's kind of. I don't know. She kind of sounds like a dummy. You know, yeah. she sounds like Harley Quinn almost. Yeah, but there you can tell there's a big age difference. Yeah. And we find we we learn later that she's having an affair with the police chief. Oh, Ed. yeah. So we're back at the houses because we can't figure out what to do. So Paul and Cindy are like reading up on the books. And Cecil and his wife come back home to find that that dude has been murdered. Right. And this is where the chief, the father of the other police dude, Eddie, Ed is this guy's name, comes in. And they're like, oh, we've got to we've got to figure out what to do. If these things get underground, that's where I keep all my toxic waste. It's like this whole show is like every son is an idiot. Because we got dude, idiot. Paul, idiot. The cop guy, Mm -hmm. idiot. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, we're not saying anything with that, but yeah, I think, and I love how you call these movies shows. <laughs> yeah. Because, no, 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 I'll explain to you why. Because I was watching Kurt Russell, he's talking about his career, and Kurt Russell, very badass, calls all the movies he does shows. He's like, that was a good show we did. Yeah, we worked on that show for quite some time. I'm like, God damn you, Kurt Russell, you're so cool. So we should bring that back. Like, what show are we watching next week? <laughs> It's got to be my age. No. I'm just old, dude. So Cecil, his wife, and Ed, the police chief, decide they're like, oh, well, we're going to be unveiling this golf course or cutting the ribbon on this golf course. And so we got to head to that. But while they are, Paul and Cindy are reading the studies that his dad has on these areas and find that apparently there's a whole chapter on munchies because he's like, oh, these things can only be killed by the fire of the gods. Whoa. How did his dad not know what the hell this thing was if there's books about it? No idea. Like, it's in his study. He's just like, well, I, I, you know, I didn't want to read that section there, so I decided to just skip it. It doesn't make sense. No, 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 no. It does not make sense. <laughs> it does not make sense. <laughs> so we go at this golf course, and he's... Cecil is cutting the ribbon at this place. He's like, it's the world's first 36-hole miniature golf course. Talk about weirdness. Like, everybody from the town that we've met is here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's, and then some extras. Yeah, yeah, some extras. I mean, we see the ice cream people, bikers, I think, are there. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, we missed it. There's some two women that were bathing in the in the river. And oh, the munchies yeah. flew in and took one's top off and... That's actually a pretty funny scene because Paul runs into the river with like this bat and he's just hitting the water. <laughs> ah! Ah! <laughs> That's pretty funny, but it goes nowhere. Like, yes. And yeah, there's no nudity in here, which is fine. You know, not every movie has to have nudity, but it's the 80s. Yeah. I guess this was made for TV. I don't know. I don't know. I would be shocked if this movie came out in theaters. My God. But talk about sex you know, sexy times for the people. Like, these two women that I think are the same ones from before in the lake, like, they're, like, playing golf, and you bend over, and you see their underwear. Yeah, what? There's no girl that does that. (sighs) They're bending, like, right from their hips, keeping their legs straight. If you're in a dress, you're going to be bending your knees and scooping down. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean... We get the aliens. They're all like, Yeah, because they've been, like... Going through the little tunnels under, you know, like the little runoffs and stuff. They've been going in through the tunnels and they attack this golf course. And, you know, Cecil tells Ed, the police chief, to shoot and kill them all. And Paul's like, wait, no, if you shoot them, they'll just multiply. And he's like, Mm -hmm. shut the fuck up, kid. And 
Harvey Corman decides to grab a gun and he starts shooting them all. And he's like, that's how you do that. And wouldn't you know it, they all multiply into like many, many, many mm. versions of them. Mm. And Paul's like, told ya. A little thing that doesn't make any sense here because uh, Cecil's wife looks at all these munchies and they're wearing like sunglasses and stuff like that. And she goes, they're all wearing the dude's clothes. And I'm like, how? They're how? super small. They're teeny tiny. <laughs> it does not make sense. It did not. So Cecil has young Ed, Eddie, the guy, uh, arrest Paul and Cindy and like take him away. Mm. And you talk about another sexy seduction is this is where. And if I was Paul, I'd be pretty pissed off because she does this a few times. But like Cindy is seducing Eddie to help them. Mm-hmm. She's like. Hey, Ed, big dick Ed, what do you want to do with that thing? <laughs> I'll let you take me on a date. That That is funny later when he's passed out, he's knocked out. Mm-hmm. She goes, if you wake up, I'll marry you. Uh, <laughs> I'll get engaged to you. Uh, we'll go on a date. We'll uh, go one steady. Date. Yeah, one date. <laughs> it keeps getting less and less. <laughs> Uh, talk about another one of how the hell did these guys know where they are after Cindy seduces young Ed into helping. They just stop at this video store where the munchies are just fucking places, fucking things up. Yeah, all kinds of shenanigans going on here. But it's just like, how did they know that they were here? Uh, telepathy. Sure. We'll go with that. Yeah. They, yeah, they're they're fighting the munchies and Paul knocks one into a TV and this thing fries and turns into like a little statue. And they're like, oh. Fire of the gods. It's electricity. So after they realize that this the electricity works, they've chased the munchies back into this video store's back room. And they find like a little tunnel from this video store that goes into the cave system. I, I guess there's just these everywhere. I don't even know how there is an underground Unless he's just been digging it up for a while. Well, we should talk really for a brief minute where this place is set. It looks like they just shot this in like a small desert. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's like, you know, we're not in suburbia. Do you think this was a real town or did they, they must have used a real town because they couldn't have built all this. True. They probably didn't have the budget for it. So yeah, they had to have. It's just a town in the middle of a desert. So I'm like, well, okay, there's like a cave system underneath the desert. Is that possible? I don't know. There's so many questions with this movie. It doesn't make sense. So, my least favorite part of this movie, mm. while they are fighting the munchies and chasing the... <laughs> I'm sorry, that makes me laugh every time. <laughs> while they're fighting the munchies... <laughs> they're trying really hard not to eat. Yeah. They are so hungry and they're like, nope. We see Cecil and his wife and the police chief, Ed are driving around, and the wife and Ed keep talking about how hungry they are. And we get like 10 to 15 minutes of them fighting on where they want to eat. They shouldn't need to eat because they're trying to find these demonic creatures. And they just... God, it goes on for so long. I hated it so much. It was it was much. I, I kind of tuned it out. I'm like, okay. Crazy, creepy wife lady has got to eat. I get it. I get it. She's hungry. Yeah. We all get hungry. But they're like, oh, maybe we should go for a pizza. Oh, have you heard about this place over here? Oh, I don't know. They've got good food. And Harvey Corman's just like, we're going to Burger World. Oh, yeah. Because, well, I guess maybe that's how they set this whole thing up, to go to Burger World. Burger World. Yeah. Well, I mean, Harvey <laughs> Corman's character, Cecil here, owns it or something, or he's like the manager of it. Right. That's why yeah. this came into play, and they but, had to show off all the little people that were working there. The Oh, my God. I forgot <laughs> about this. You blocked this movie out. I sure did. Yes, you're right. <laughs> we get Burger World, and we get like a little three to five minute scene here of little people just cleaning yeah, doing their job. And this manager's all like, oh, you know, what the hell's going on? Oh, you guys need to do better. And they're just like, man, it sucks to work here. I'm like, mm. why, why are all the workers little people? The manager's not. Yeah, He's no. a regular sized person. Like, what is going on here? Not that that can't happen. It's just, it was so bizarre. Like, like why? What's going on here? 
Why? <laughs> why? God damn you, why? <laughs> Movie, why? <laughs> uh, because this scene just can't end. They stop at Burger World and they're like arguing over what they want. And like, mm, no, I can't eat a burger at this time of night. Uh, oh, no, that's going to be too fattening. And Harvey Corman's like, God damn it. He was like me in this movie. He's like, God damn it. You're going to eat a burger. We're going to get through this goddamn scene. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, next time we go out to eat, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't yell shut the fuck up to you, though. That'd be mean. <laughs> um, they try to order and no one's answering because we've seen a munchie in the Burger World store before they pull up here in their thing. So Harvey Corman pulls the truck over. They go in and find like a dead body. Like the manager has been killed. Yeah. I'm... And we see the little people running in the background when they start to go into the restaurant. Yeah, because they're smart. Yeah, they're like, oh, God, our manager was killed. Fuck him, I'm getting out. <laughs> we talk about another thing connecting to the sewer and these underground caverns. Like, they go into Burger World, the lights go out for a minute, and when they come back on, Cecil's, the legs of his pants are just shredded. Mm. And they see, like, a sewer connection in this burger place is open. Which, I don't know if all these places have sewer connections because, like, he's using toxic waste. Does this whole town use toxic waste for something? I mean, again. I Yeah, it doesn't. I don't know. Um, so we're at the factory that where he makes all this crazy-ass shit, Cecil does, and Cindy, Paul, and Eddie go down this elevator into the caverns we keep talking about as to why they're even there. And it's got, like, toxic waste barrels everywhere. I'm thinking this has to be shot... In a different place. It must be. Like yeah. the town is in one place and this underground thing is another place because it just didn't seem to match. Yeah. No, it's probably like a, maybe a soundstage or like a, you know, it's definitely not. I don't think it's like a real underground cavern. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. They could have made just a, a building look like this. Like yeah. it's underground. So we get more grab ass here. Um, yeah. You know, the the kids, Paul, Cindy, and Eddie get split up. Eddie runs into a wall and knocks himself out because he's so scared. Paul and Cindy... This is what I don't get, is that they say they're going to break up. They're like, okay, we'll split up to find these creatures. Cindy, my girlfriend, you go with Eddie, and I'll go by myself over here. Yeah. And I'm like, Eddie's a cop. He has a gun. We're dating. Why don't we go here and Eddie can take care of himself because he's got a fucking gun. Well... Well, otherwise, they wouldn't have this part with her and Eddie. I know. Yeah, he he. This is yeah. He runs into a wall. He's so scared. He knocks himself out. And this is where she's like, "If you wake up, I'll marry you." I'll... Well, he there was a spider. Right. Yeah. It's just like this tarantula. On yeah, him. big tarantula. <sighs> I, how? <laughs> how a big tarantula is there? I mean, they are in the desert, so I guess. Uh, uh. So the the munchies are fighting and chasing them, and <laughs> Cindy gets locked in a room. She's hiding from them. She gets locked in a room, and one of these munchies is like trying to get in the room by like chewing through the door. Yeah, and uh, they go back up to the factory. I guess Paul sees the munchies. They're like eating a bunch of the toxic waste food and shit in there. Uh, Harvey Corman and the others, his wife and the Ed, they get stuck in an elevator trying to get down to the lower levels where Paul and everybody else is. This is what doesn't make more sense is that the elevator is stopped because one of the munchies has destroyed the button that calls the elevator. Like you see a munchie like rip the electrical cord that calls the elevator up and down and the elevator just stops and the lights go off. Right. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't quite get that either because there's... I thought they cut the power to, like, everything. Yeah. But then there's still power on that they use later. So I'm like, well, they couldn't have cut the power to everything. No. no and how no. would they know just to cut the power to that elevator? Yeah. You don't know. I mean, like, they're supposedly very smart, but you don't know how they got that smart. Um, and more grab ass here. You see 
Harvey Corman turns the lights in the elevator back on. He's like, oh, I see the switch here. And Ed and his wife are making out in the background. Yeah, like he couldn't hear like heavy breathing or wrestling. Some wrestling, wrestling. going on. <laughs> it sounds like wrestling's going on in here. <laughs> uh, back in the factory, Paul sees the munchies are like all lining themselves out on a little, little conveyor belt so they get cut in half. Oh, yeah. They're trying to multiply themselves that's fucking creepy yeah well they're trying to fuck themselves multiply themselves (laughs) go multiply yourself um he plugs in a power cord cuts the power cord in two so he's got like one end that's like just an exposed wire and we wrap this movie up pretty quick he just starts hitting them with the wire and they turn into statues yeah and then he just starts knocking the statues over There's no whole thing of like, Arnold, we were good together, or Arnold, I took care of you. He's just like, fuck all these things. Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, you're evil. Now we've got to kill you all. Yeah, well, there you go, I guess. I mean, it's funny because here in a moment we'll find out that these statues that these creatures turn into are worth $25,000. So I'm like, damn, you should have kept them all. Yeah, because he destroyed like all of them that he turned here. Except for one, yeah. All of them but one. Yeah. He kept. Because, yeah, he, he basically turns all but one into a statue, and there's one left, and this thing attacks him, and he, like, takes it and throws it at the power cord and, like, hits it directly, and the thing turns into a statue. So, Harvey Corman, his wife, and the police chief get out of the elevator fucking finally, and Harvey Corman's like, oh, you've saved my company. I'm so thankful for you. Uh, how would you like to be, how would you like to get hired here? Yeah. He's like, yes, you'll, you'll get a very high position. I'll make you president over the endangered species sponge cake division. Mm. He's not going to be a comedian, so he's got to think about what he's going to do with his life. Yeah, and Paul punches him in the face. And then out of nowhere, Ed and Eddie, Ed Jr., turn on Harvey Corman and arrest him and his wife. Yeah, because I think Cindy was all like, oh, you have toxic waste. But the whole thing, too, is that the that other cop guy, I forgot. Ed, Eddie? Eddie, yeah. He knew about all of this. Oh, you mean like Ed, the big guy? Or the young kid? The cop guy. No, the bigger guy. That's Ed. Ed. Ed and Ed Jr. or Eddie, as they oh, call him. Oh, okay. So Ed knew about the toxic waste this whole time. Yeah, I think you're right. That does sound right. And then he just automatically is like, oh, okay, i got to turn on you now. I know. You'd think that Harvey Corman would have these kids killed. Be like, well, no witnesses. Yeah, I'm just going to put you in this toxic waste barrel and then make you into food. Yeah, but the movie's got to wrap up so quick. <laughs> so they just get arrested. And um, yeah, we, we cut to the next morning or the next day. Simon is back from the college that he was visiting and... He has brought like an appraiser or professor with him, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Well, where's the, where's the creature at?" And he's like, "Oh, it's here. It's this statue." And the professor is like, "Well, oh my gosh, that's that's so rare. I can't believe it. I'll give you twenty five thousand dollars for this. Do you happen to have any more? I'll pay you twenty five thousand each." <laughs> he's like, "Damn it, no." It's like, man, I crushed them all. Yeah, there was like ten of them. How about Eight. pieces? <laughs> I don't know if Simon knows what the hell happened because Paul is like, well, I guess I'll go to community college now. And Simon's like, what? What? Oh, that. Yeah, go ahead. Live your dreams. Do whatever you want. Yeah, I don't care anymore. I got my 25000 Fuck you. Oh, he says, oh, a good mind is a terrible thing to waste. Go ahead and be a comedian. And I'm like, oh, well, that, you know, there's no guarantee if he went to college, he might, you know, actually learn not to say the comedian is a bad thing, but it's like there's no guarantee that he would make it. And mm. this kid would not. He would absolutely bomb and fail and, you know, yeah, become an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the curator of this museum drives off with the statue in his back of his truck. As he's driving away, the lightning strikes the truck. You can hear the little munchie come back to life. The credits roll and I turn this right off. Yeah, and I'm thinking, okay, this guy just paid $25,000 for the statue, and he's just throwing it in the back of his truck? Thanks for the priceless statue. <laughs> <laughs> he, didn't, he 
didn't like anchor it down. He's just like, maybe it weighs enough. It's not going to go anywhere. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, yeah. It was like, like, yeah, 25,000. I've got this in my back pocket. So whatever. This may have been one of the worst movies we've done. It probably is up there, definitely. I mean, yeah, like Gunshy, I think, is still probably the worst, but... It was still somewhat entertaining. Here and there. I mean, like, I love Harvey Corman so much, but not even he could save this. With his countless little commercials he's doing and the dual role he's playing, like, not even he could save this. It was like they wanted him to be the main star, but it just it just didn't work. No. No, no, it does not work. And uh, like I said, at the end of this, hour and a half felt like two and a half to me. Yeah, I'd, I'm not even sure. Like, if you read my notes, they, they'd probably be, like, really bad. Yeah, same. You're just kind of like, whoa, this kind of goes from scene to scene, and it doesn't really make any di- make mm-hmm. any sense. So, so that's it. I'll never think of this movie again. Yep. This is the end. We're never watching this movie again. <laughs> uh, this episode will be out limited time. No. <laughs> you listen to it for a week and then I'm throwing this away too. <laughs> Once I turn the movie off, I unplug the PlayStation and threw it in the trash. We are never speaking of this again. <laughs> but you know what? If you enjoyed this episode, we would be so appreciative if you would tell a friend. Uh, this helps get our name out there and get more listeners in um you can also go to itunes and give us a five star rating leave your name and where you're from and we'll give you a shout out follow us on social media we're on instagram and facebook if you have any comments if you want to if you need to let some things out because you've watched this movie too and you hate it (laughs) let us know the film obsessed couple at gmail.com love to hear from you yeah all right. Well, thank you. That was trauma that we've all been through now. We, mm-hmm. We've all experienced something together. Hopefully we've come out a little bit stronger. Trauma bond. So next week, hopefully it's more of a little of the So Dumb It's Fun movie. Mm-hmm. I showed you the trailer just to see if it would be something you were interested in watching. And we are going to be talking about Jupiter Ascending. I can't wait. Yeah. it's considered. It was considered a huge bomb. The acting was criticized. The story was criticized. It looks like it cost a billion dollars to make, but yeah, it did. But uh, next time when we get together, Jupiter ascending. Bye bye.